to another Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I'm going to be covering the weekly dev update, my thoughts on the tall tales, and if Hunter's Call reputation is too hard to grind. All that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. First up on this week's episode, I did want to talk about the weekly dev updates. So Rare is putting out their weekly dev updates as always, and Joe talks about this week being the culmination of the weekly jam. And if you've had a chance to go onto Twitter, then there's a good chance that you've probably seen some of the cool stuff they've done. They've had people going around singing shanties. They've erected a mast in front of the studios with Captain Bones there. It's been really great. They've done some bake sales and a lot of art class as well too in the studio i love that they're getting this opportunity to kind of take a break from kind of working strictly on the game itself and being able to kind of you know have some different thoughts about what's going on and just enjoy themselves for once Uh, they've been working really hard this last year to make sure that we've had a good content roadmap for the first year of launch and having it end with the anniversary update and then getting a chance to take a break afterwards has been great to see that being said i'm looking forward to what's coming in the future uh some of the stuff that we know that they're going to be working on is the continued efforts with pets making sure that pets are coming and that they are satisfactory to what people are looking for in a microtransaction that involve pets as well as the cross um cross play with xbox and pc options for xbox players who want to opt out of crossplay, as well as some fixes that should be coming in the next patch which should be this week so starting off this week they did say that they pushed out an update to the insider build now i am still an insider technically i have not really spent a whole lot of time in insiders i've mostly been working on the retail copy so that i can try and get tall tales and fishing and all that good stuff worked on and haven't really done much in as far as testing goes and that's kind of how i feel about insiders from now on i'm glad that it's available but until we get some solid content to kind of test out and put some work into i don't see myself jumping in too often except to work on the hour a week so that i can make sure that i am working towards those uh and kind of rewards for the insider cosmetics as well as the gold that's just going to be a good boost so when i do jump in i tend to go find ways to get stuck in places or access things that i probably shouldn't uh and in fact i actually managed to get into a cool place tonight that i had access to in the retail version but with all of that being said i did want to touch on the weekly dev update so In the patch that got pushed out to insiders, Joe talks about how they've been working on bugs that will help make sure that people are able to finish Tall Tales when they complete it. Uh, Some of the bugs that they've had recently are that that you don't always get the completion for a Tall Tale once you actually complete it. So they're working to make sure that they fixed out or fixed how that actually works 
And they've also worked on making sure that harpoons are working properly. There's one instance that Joe brought up where if you do get sucked up by a kraken, uh, if you have the angle and your, your teammates are good enough that they can use the harpoon to actually pull you out of the kraken's grip and back onto the actual um, onto the back of uh, the ship. And I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of fun with the harpoon. I think it's probably one of the more interesting tools that we've had. And I've mentioned in the past that I think it's kind of cool that it's a new anchor. But I I do really have to say that being able to work on, um, for example, uh, Jay Pizzle and I were doing a fort the other night. And we completed the fort, and it was a fort that was more vertical than horizontal. Uh, it was a, it was a very lot of tiers to the different levels and stuff. And if not for the harpoon, we would have had to take each piece of loot, grab it, hop down into the water, climb onto the ship, drop it off, and then f- swim back to the island, climb all the way back up to the top of the vault, and then repeat the process. But because of the harpoon, we actually managed to find a good angle on one of the ledges and start dropping the loot on that ledge. So one person just kind of worked on harpooning the, the treasure from the ledge and the other person worked on moving loot from the vault to the actual ledge. And I was thinking that would be a really effective way if, say, you're on a galleon and you're working on forts to have two people on the ship and two people in the vault, two people to move stuff from the vault to a good place where the harpoon can reach it. And then one person who's fairly accurate being able to harpoon stuff off of the ledge and then another person on the ship to take the treasure and then move it to a better location than right next to the harpoon. With something like that in mind, I can definitely see us using the harpoons in multiple ways to try and uh, use them for, for different instances where they could start to work in that mechanic with the rest of the world. You know, something that is high up in a place that you can't reach, but the harpoon can actually reach it. One of the other things that Joe mentioned that should hopefully be coming in this next patch that, as far as we understand, should go out this week, depending on how well things went in the Insider build, dealt with the reward that comes for completing all of the commendations for tall tales. Now, I'm not just talking about running through each one once or even completing the the different uh, journals and stuff for a couple of them. I'm talking about the thing that comes after completing every single tall tale five times, collecting all of the different journals, including the 10 that are on the last uh, uh, tall tale, and then collecting your reward after that which is a curse so i'm gonna start saying that from now on i'm going to kind of sound the 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 spoiler warning a lot of this is going to be stuff that you've probably heard about um but if you haven't or if you haven't been looking at some of that stuff then actually oh man see i'm still 
uh, I'll, I'll save it for later. I'll tell you what, I'll save it towards the end. I won't talk about anything more than, than what's already been talked about in the dev update so that I can talk a little bit more about what's coming in the future and you don't have to worry about skipping forward. So I'll hold off on spoilers for now. We'll talk about spoilers towards the end of the episode. Again, this is going to be a shorter episode, so it won't be too much longer to, to find out what I'm, what I'm planning on talking about. But there's this curse that is in the game that is a reward for the tall tales after you complete everything is not displaying quite the way it was intended when it first came into the game in fact for some people it's barely represented at all and this is something that they've realized is a problem they're going to be putting out a fix for it and one of the things that I found uh, while talking with Mike Chapman through some tweets that I believe Gullible Gambit started, which if you don't know who Gullible Gambit or Jay Pizzle, some of the people that I've mentioned prior in the episode, they are part of the Twitch streaming community for Sea of Thieves. Some of the, the diehard fans like us that love this game, that live and breathe this game constantly. So if you get a chance, I would love for you to go show them support if you don't already. If you do, thank Thank you because they're great parts of the community and I love them just like I love all of you. So to get back to, to what I was saying, uh, Mike had kind of mentioned that they are planning on making it so that it is a uniform exposure when you have that curse uh, equipped. And part of the part that I, I jumped into was wondering if we couldn't maybe just have a few different variants to the actual curse so that it wasn't necessarily the same for everyone for some people it might be in some areas and some people it might be in different areas and to give us the option kind of like some of the tattoo combinations that we have now if you go into the tattoo combinations through the vanity chest you'll see that you have a set of somewhere around 10 that are kind of a mishmash of different tattoos some new some unique some uh that are don't that don't really um fit in with the original 10 and then the the reward ones that come from other things as well too but having the option to have this curse represented on your character in different ways would help kind of make things a little more uniform or a little less uniform I should say each pirate should feel very unique and usually when someone gets something new they're excited about it and they want to show it off for a while and that tends to result in seeing a lot of pirates kind of looking the same I see this a lot in screenshots with a lot of pirates uh, myself included, who I, for a long time, I have a very specific reason why I look the way I look, but, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys seem to like to run around wearing black pants and black shoes and black gloves and no shirt and kind of having their, their normal pirate legs and, or pirate, um, hooks and stuff like that and you tend to see that a lot you tend to see a lot of pirates running around in their ghostly garbs and stuff and it's it's nice but it's it's refreshing to to run across a, a couple pirates who are uniquely dressed and have a an idea of what they want to look like and stuff and for myself i've always uh i've always wanted to represent the keelhauled logo on the back of my uh tattoo so that i could or on my back with a tattoo but now that I'm not using that logo anymore, I feel a little opened and a little free to be able to express myself by wearing different types of clothing to the point where this weekend I actually had uh, a good time creating a Legend of Zelda uh, outfit and ship livery combination to kind of commemorate um, 
Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Uh, I was talking with RJ and uh, who's uh, who's Danzo on Twitter, and uh, we were just kind of chatting about how much we love listening to the Wind Waker soundtrack. I I've been listening to it recently at work, and he listens to it when he sails. And for me, that was a that was a big big push for me to love pirate games and to love sailing and stuff, and uh, to to have the opportunity to kind of create a cosplay in Sea of Thieves was a lot of fun. I had a good time working on it, and it was really exciting. And I'm looking forward to more pirates kind of growing into more unique um, design choices, more more unique combinations of costumes. And when you get something that is so unique as, say, like the curse that we're talking about, having everyone looking the same with the same coloring or the same positioning of, of the curses tends to kind of take away from how special it is that you have it now i understand that a lot of people aren't going to have this for a while and some people may not spend any time working on it ever until they find out what it is and they realize how much work is involved so those that do have it kudos because it's a long grind and it's a grind that i'm taking slowly uh, which is going to lead me into another topic that i want to talk about a little bit later on next up on today's docket Let's talk a little bit about what is going to be coming in the cl- the kind of soon or closer future, uh, the near future, however you want to put it. Uh, Joe in the weekly update really does kind of address some of the big issues that are dealing with the competitive side of arena now this isn't this isn't really going to affect how things are in say uh the lobby when you're dealing with other people and i think that there's a lot of a lot of growth that can come from some of the changes and suggestions that myself and others are making about the lobby itself but joe does go into addressing that in a future build not something that's coming right away but something that they are working on depending on how things go from their testing and then of course the insider testing that they want to improve the matchmaking times for arenas and i i so far haven't had too much time between matches but i understand that this is supposed to be something that is fairly quick to be able to go from one game to another game and get in and to be able to to uh to to play without spending a whole lot of time in the actual sea dog tavern which i'm kind of a two minds about part of me likes it because i get to go check out clothing that i might have just unlocked but other parts of me are kind of hopping around waiting for the next match to fill up positions so that we can actually get back into another match um they said that that's something that they're aware of and that they're working on making that happen and they're also working on trying to find ways to keep people invested in the match when they actually get in and this is definitely a problem that i'm noticing when i go into arena matches uh, a lot of the times you start out with five ships but not all of those five ships actually are there by the end of the session in fact a majority of the time two ships typically drop out 
and you're usually left to three ships, which really cuts down on the competitive edge because there's fewer people fighting over chests, there's fewer people fighting in general, and there's less opportunity for ships to get sunk. So you tend to run into the situation where one or two ships who are competent, typically on voice comms and working as a crew, will go out, get a few chests, turn those in, start attacking other ships, and then move back to getting uh, chests to get a better lead and then coast the last uh, few minutes out of the actual match. Now, full disclosure, I did something to this extent when I was playing this weekend. I got a chance to sail with Keelhauled crew and had a blast. Uh, we did four matches. We came out on top every single match. Very proud of the, the folks that I sailed with, and especially considering the hour that we were playing and the experience level of the people that I was playing with. Uh, so, And some of them are are very fresh to see thieves and others are veterans like myself and it was a lot of fun to see the the just the the kind of adrenaline rush that we were getting you know i was getting to the point where um i was trying to shot call as best as i could to make sure that we were all on the same pages of what we had to do people weren't uh unsure of where they should be going or trying to work towards a different goal or, or trying to do something that that was going to hinder us in the long run and we came out on top uh, to, to like vast difference in actual um, points ranges. But it, it happened that way because a lot of the times we had ships that would drop out of the match and we were left either down to two or three ships for the match, which isn't really competitive because it's typically one to two ships that are really going for it, really trying to win. And then a third ship that's just happy to come in third place and get some points and if i had my druthers if i had my choice i would definitely recommend that rare take out open crew for the arena i think arena should be something that is matched from people who are willing to get crews and trust us to be able to find people to get into crews with all the people that i have sailed with are all people that i have either met personally or have come as a result of the, the podcast or streaming and have joined up in the Discord and have since become part of the family, the Keelhauled family. Um, and this this guild that I've, I've helped kind of found has been great for having multiple types of people, multiple people across different time zones and stuff. And to have open crews uh, try and compete against the, 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 the kind of... Um, unsaid communication that can come from crews that have been sailing together for a while is really really unfair and there's no matchmaking point system right now in place to really kind of make sure that crews that are are really good and are winner winning constantly are paired up with other high skilled crews it's all free for all at this point and i'm hoping that we either can take out open crew for arena and make it so that only fixed crews go into it and give us the ability to pair lobbies too. Like, make sure, like, they're talking about trying to find ways to prevent stream sniping for streamers in arena how about we just have uh lobbies that we can open and then bring crews in from different fleets uh there's plenty of fleets out there and they all tend to like to compete especially when it comes to uh like rowboat races or skull ball uh, or skull ball and there there's so many of them that would love to compete against each other and set up these events but we don't have full control over that 
we always have to rely on having someone jump in, see if the people that we're trying to partner with are there and then trying to fight against open crews and other crews that aren't in the mix to be able to get a lobby together so that you can have these kind of competitions these you know you could actually start doing tournaments you could actually start building esports into it and of course it's going to be hard because we have things that they're working on which is another part that they're trying to fix which is the hit registration for guns um one of the things joe talked about in this is they are trying to work on tweaking the hit registration for guns so that it's far more accurate when you actually hit someone you see the gun flare and you you know that you hit them but in actuality the server didn't register the hit and that person never took the damage so they're working on things like that and that's a good step in the right direction for combat and hopefully, hopefully, if they're able to kind of fix these kind of issues, then they can start looking at more broader issues, which deals with the the kind of longevity of Sea of Thieves in the arena, as far as giving us more tools to work on building out lobbies for pirate groups that want to compete against each other. Some people just want to have three fleets from the community to fight against each other, even five fleets competing against each other to see who comes out on top in a best of five or a tournament bracket system that's those are the kind of tools we need right now we need these kind of tools a lot of people want brigs and sloops uh myself included i would love to see a fleet of sloops battling it out to try and see like who can sink each other and who can uh win in a in a 5v5 against um you know four other sloops but giving us better tools to create our own forms of engagement with the community would go a lot further uh, this is a problem that Hearthstone has had. This is a problem that Heroes of the Storm has had. I've seen a lot of games that I love that have a competitive side really lose a lot of support from the community because they didn't uh, get the tools that they wanted to kind of build the longevity beyond what the company was actually doing with the game. Rare can do a lot with the arena, but unless we have a way to create our own types of fun by having private servers or private lobbies where we can kind of do our own thing, it's going to be hard for this to keep going and know that we're going to be competing against other skilled crews. Otherwise, we're just going to keep running into this problem where people who uh, are in open crew come up against these uh, these these well-organized and, and highly communicative teams and end up really hating the experience because they just didn't have a chance. They didn't have a chance to, to get even third place. And even if you offer rewards for fifth place, then you're going to start running into situations uh, like I did when I was playing with, uh, or no, I was watching... I was watching Captain Falcor stream one day and I saw he ended up on a galleon that had one person and that one person was using a bot macro to move around so that it appeared that they were kind of doing something, but they were just there to get whatever kind of scraps of reputation they could without actually being there to play the game. 
Like they didn't even respond. It was literally just the bot running forward, running backward and jumping. And that's a that's a big problem when you come to competitive stuff. When people don't want to play the game and they just want to game the system, then you're going to run into this uh, a, a lot. And Rare needs to find ways to kind of give the people that want to have that, that positive experience uh, the tools they need to create things so that we can have weekend tournaments for for crews to go up against each other to test their mental their metal and and see how well they they do against other crews who are of the same mindset i've talked a lot about arena sorry (laughs) if that went long and you're not interested i do apologize there's a lot of problems going with uh, Arena as far as what is being introduced as a result of the community. I know in a closed environment, Arena is really awesome, but there's a lot that needs to be worked on. And and I, I fully admit and understand that Rare said a long time ago that the release of Arena was going to be a very bare bones system and that it was going to take some time to see how it gets fleshed out. And I appreciate their commitment to doing that with this mode because it is kind of a a secondary mode to the main game where a lot of people have spent a lot more time and aren't able to bring their cosmetics over from, say, Adventure as well. So I, I would love to see where Arena is in a year, but I would much rather see how things are doing in three months. I would love to see some changes come to arena sooner so that the the enjoyment factor is still present for the people that want to be able to play this and have fun with it and enjoy it and love that that great experience that arena has uh, when you are actually in a good game with teams that are fighting all the time and it's hectic and it's crazy and you you pull out wins by the skinnier teeth a couple more things i'm i'm gonna push this uh, there, there was a suggestion made on one of the streams that I was watching and I a hundred percent agree with it. And I think it needs to be changed. If you damage your own ship with cannons, you should not get points. And the points that you gain from cannonball hits should be swapped with the points earned from killing someone right now. If you hit someone with a cannon, it's 25 points. If you kill someone, it's five points and it's a lot harder to kill people uh, on a ship when that ship is far away than it is lobbing shots randomly and able to rack up a hundred points, which is the equivalent of digging up one chest by hit by just randomly shooting out a bunch of cannonballs. And bear in mind, if you, if you just started the, if you just lost your ship and you start up with a fresh ship and you lost a thousand points, you just need 10 rounds of 10 hits to be able to get that back. That's not hard if you're if you pull up to an outpost and you all four of you grab cannons and start laying into your own top deck because even top deck hits matter. Um, things like that that needs to be addressed the point value system needs to be taken a look at and and shown that it's not fair for you to get 25 points for something that really didn't necessarily need a whole lot of effort to get like you could literally earn 25 points by shooting your own ship i don't understand that that doesn't make sense to me (laughs) it's not if you're away from the fight it's not going to help sink your ship for other players you're just going to be hitting a shot and then repairing it and then hitting a shot and then repairing it and racking up points without actually engaging in the game portion of it with other people i think i i think i can let arena go for now i think i'm going to hold off on that 
other than the stuff that I've talked about, there's obviously a few more things that are that could be addressed. Um, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to I'm going to wait and see how things go over the next couple of weeks and see if if we can get a couple tweaks to the the system so that it's a little more fair or at least hear from the devs and see like what they have planned. Uh, let's take a break. All right. Next up on today's docket, let's talk about what the last bit of the weekly dev update addressed. And that has a lot more to do with the actual adventures part of the game, the adventure mode part of that. And right now, it seems as though they understand that they need to do some tweaking to the, the, the actual tall tales. And it doesn't feel like a lot of that involves how hard the tall tales are. Part of it does, but part of it seems like a lot of people have been jumping into Sea of Thieves, checking out the new content, and they don't know where to begin. Now, I'm gonna, uh, I, it's hard for me to push back on this because I understand where they're coming from as far as wanting to make it a little more apparent about what you should do once you jump into the game and you want to start a tall tale. It's not as, um, it's not as, uh, obscure to me when I'm following the game, I've been following the game. I've been keeping up with patch notes. I read patch notes. I talk to other players. I read the, 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 um, the loading screen information, the loading screen information of all things. It tells you a lot about what you should be doing once you get into the game. And a lot of people don't pay too much attention because to be perfectly frank, it's a loading screen. And I don't know many people that really go to loading screens for high value information about what to do in the game. So that being said, um, I, I see where Rare is coming from that they need to address how to make sure that people have a clear understanding when you log in how to get Tall Tales going. And that also extends into Tall Tales, specifically the Shroud Breaker. They're noticing a lot of people unclear of what you should do for the first part of the actual shroud breaker now hopefully all of you have actually done it and i i i can imagine i can see how it would be tough to know um especially if you haven't really played the game because a lot of the tall tales really require you to pay attention to how ships uh, or how islands look like the silhouette and if it's one thing i've learned from the tall tales is that regardless of the medium that the tall tale is written in whether it's a very well well uh, designed script or it's kind of a dark shady uh, memory or if it's written in crayon all of the images tend to be pretty accurate when it comes to the shapes of islands especially what they uh, have on the islands as well too and if I can recommend for anyone that is having trouble with the tall tales the first thing I would do is start off with step one whatever step one is regardless of the tall tale it doesn't matter what tall tale you're on if there's a part that you're unclear about Stick on the first part because the first part, and I mean this with all sincerity, the first part is really going to be just that, the part that actually gets you to the place you need to be to find out where you're going to go next. 
I can't tell you how many times when I first started some of the tall tales and part of this was me just looking deeply into it but another part of it was just like I was I was trying to jump the gun with a lot of the directions like especially with the shroud breaker when you get to a point in the shroud breaker you are given a set of like a, a bunch of different parts of, of information and it kind of leads you on a bit of a breadcrumb trail, which is cool. It's really fun to kind of map your way across the, the world and see like just where this ship went uh, along that path. And because those paths vary depending on the circumstances of when you actually start the, the tall tale and the server you're on and who else has been doing them. Some of those are procedurally generated, so they're not going to be the same all the time. But if you go to that first place and start there and then look at your map and see, okay, they went this direction until they passed this island. And then you look on the map and you say, all right, well, I'm here and they went that direction. This island's kind of there. So that's got to be what they're talking about. And working at it from that perspective especially with some of the later tall tales, it can really help out because there's some that you have to kind of work your way backwards from. You're given a good amount of information at the end of where they were. And if you don't go backwards through that trail, you're going to have a hard time knowing where it actually began, which is tough when not all of the islands have names. And we've, we've kind of been put into the situation with the tales uh, or prior to the tall tales that when you were doing say like order of souls or if you're doing gold hoarders they would either a tell you exactly where the island uh, that you have to go looks like or you, you know they, they tell you what the island is and you just go find that island and sail to it or you just look at the map and say like okay well this kind of looks like a, a, a penguin with an umbrella kind of sliding across the ground so i'm gonna i'm gonna look for that on the map and then once i find it we'll go sail over there and dig up the chests and because we're not getting names with islands you really have to pay attention to what the silhouette looks like especially on the horizon look around you and kind of take note of all right well crooked masts uh looks like three peaks uh which i believe was the original name for it um shipwreck bay has a lot of pointy parts but two parts kind of point towards each other um old faithful isle is just a big blob uh smugglers bay has the two peaks that lead into a bay and a big round circle there um you know mermaids hideaway has a bunch of tall peaks that are separated that you can kind of jump onto if you're clever enough or you can use a cannon to shoot yourself onto and having that kind of information in the back of your head will help you tremendously with the tall tales. And I can't, I can't stress enough that you really should kind of go step by step by step, especially when you start running into quests that are more obscure that deal with, say, like constellations. When you're when you're playing through a tall tale and it tells you that you have to you have to align yourself based on where the constellation is in the sky it doesn't just tell you north south east west you have to look up you have to find it you have to figure out what direction it is and then that in relation to what direction it is on the compass and then sail that way to that island so if you're having trouble with it, I the the one thing I can recommend is finding outside sources of information, whether it be other people, whether it be discords. There's plenty of YouTube videos out there with guides. There's plenty of websites that are documenting the stuff. 
And like, for example, I'm documenting all of the tall tales right now. I've, I've been sailing around, going to the different tall tales and transcribing every single one of the journals that I find so that that lore is preserved and I can always refer back to it. And there's been a lot of lore that has explained a, a big part of one of the characters in the world's story that if you haven't been playing the tall tales and really paying attention to what's going on with them, then you're, it feels like you're really missing out on the struggle of what this, this pirate's life was like, like what they were going through during this time that we're now reliving in the future and tracing to, to find our way to the shores of gold. Um, I forget where I was going with that, but uh, it, it, to, to kind of round it all up, um, there's plenty of ways that you can get information on how to do the tall tales. And Rare is, is now looking to find ways to make it even easier for you to either work out the puzzles or to get things going or to make sure that you know it's, it's accessible for more people. They want to make sure that more people are able to play the game and enjoy it just like we've been enjoying it while going through and, and doing the hard work of, of, of showing Rare. Like, you know, some of these are really tough and the satisfactory that can be gained from completing those feels great. It feels like an escape room when you actually complete an escape room and you feel great that you got it in under the time and you were smart enough to work out the puzzles or at least have people with you that could work out the puzzles with you or they could help you kind of understand like what their thought process is. Anyway, let's move on. And... The next part that I wanted to, to touch on deals with the skeleton lords. The, the skeleton lords, there's three of them that we have in the Tall Tales. And Rare is acutely aware that the balance is not there for the skeleton lords. And that's something that they've said that they're going to actually be addressing, which is... It's great because I, I'm pretty sure I've talked to a lot of people about this if I haven't already mentioned it on the podcast, but I've loved fighting the skeleton lords, but depending on your ship type, the difficulty is going to be different. And right now, the brigantine needs uh, probably the biggest tweaks to the difficulty because their difficulty is closer to the actual galleon and people have tested this i'm i'm fully aware that the the brigantine feels like you're missing a person that's been my my one thing about the the brigantine that i've i've realized with the skeleton lords is i just don't want to do them on a brig because it's going to be harder um the sloop is actually the easiest so if you are planning on doing skeleton lords multiple times to get the accommodate or get the commendations for those, I would highly recommend doing them on a sloop because while it'll only be two people, the amount of health that the skeleton lords have is drastically lower than what is actually in the or with with like the brigantine and the galleons. And uh, kudos to uh, People's Republic in the Keelhaul Discord. He and uh, or actually I don't know if it's a he. It's probably a he or a she whichever uh could be a robot too if you're a robot let me know i don't know if you're a robot I'll, I'll have to ask you later on uh or you can tell me that works out too but they went out and they gathered a bunch of powder kegs like a lot of powder kegs 
and they tested. They went ahead and did some CS science and they found out just how many powder kegs it takes to kill skeleton lords, depending on if you're on a sloop or if you're on a brigantine or if you're on a galleon. And come to find out the amount of powder kegs it takes to kill a skeleton lord uh, with, and, and this is theoretically a, like a one shot kill. Like you, you take them all, you stack them, you bring them over, and then you blow them up and you see if he dies. And then you just work on the numbers after that. But the numbers that you need to kill a skeleton lord when you're on a brigantine versus a galleon are exactly the same. The exact same number of powder kegs. It could be a little bit of difference in the health, but for the most part, it sounds like the Brigantine and the Galleon are par for the course when it comes to having the same amount of health. And the sloop, the sloop is insanely less than the Brigantine and the Galleon. So if you're going to fight those guys, I would highly recommend actually doing that in a sloop. Even if you have extra friends, split up the team, go do it uh, with two different people or with two people on a different server and you'll probably have a much, much better time uh, making sure that you can actually get that done. That being said, if you do have to do it uh, with more than two people, highly recommend going with the with the Galleon. The Galleon's going to be your best bet for that. So thanks to Public uh, People's Republic in the, the Keelhaul Discord for doing that, that, that work, putting in the time to try and work it out, and then sharing that information with the Discord as well too, so that I can take that information and share it with you as well. All right, pirates. So that's going to cover it as far as news is concerned. Now I wanted to kind of take the last 20 minutes of the episode and let's dig into two parts. One part is going to be a discussion on the hunter's call reputation. And the second part is going to be spoilers. And that's where I'm going to leave off anyone that doesn't want to be spoiled about tall tale stuff uh, you can take off after i talk about the hunter's call uh you i don't know you might have already taken off if you if you had to go i'm sorry uh, i i love you i hope it wasn't something i said it was probably something i said at which case i'm still sorry but anyway let's uh i, I want to talk about hunter's call because um just recently uh captain falcor put out a comment on twitter and I see his perspective on this, but he's asking for a balance for reputation grind for the hunter's call. And I on I honestly disagree with him on this one thing. It's not too often that I disagree with him on something because him and uh, he and I love this game and love the lore and love talking about it. But I have really wanted to have a long grind in the game something that that gives me uh something to work on well past the launch something that i can really kind of like sink my teeth into uh over the long course of the game because as it stands it seems like i'm going to be grinding stuff for quite a while and that's not something that um i'm i'm upset about because you know with with not having as much time to play as i usually do um and and having something to to look forward to having a reputation that goes up i've been really enjoying the hunter's call and being able to see you know like numbers go up and realizing that it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort to get to level 50 with that now 
this is something that is going to be affected soon because they have rare has said that they are going to be putting in the letters of recommendation for the hunter's call so people that are frustrated with it and have the doubloons to burn can actually go out and buy the levels that they want to get the full killer whale set so if you don't know there is equipment for the hunter's call as well as liveries and all of that stuff is earned once you hit different levels of reputation and i actually really like this a lot better than the original prospects of hitting multiple level increases and slowly upgrading your gear like uh for example with the sea dogs once you hit level five you get a sword once you hit level uh 10 you get the um gosh i can't even remember what it is at this point i think it's the blunderbuss uh but at, at level 15 you get a more elaborate version of the sword and that kind of bounces back and forth but with the hunter's call you actually get different equipment and then eventually liveries for the killer whale from the hunter's call and i love that i think it's great and it gives me something to look forward to grinding because I see people that have the figurehead for the killer whale. I'll, I'll know that they have spent a long time fishing and killing creatures and animals to get that uh, when I finally see one in, in real life. But I don't want this to be something that's easy to do. I want to have something that I can grind over a long time. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is I wanted to put this out to the, the listeners. I want you guys to, to tell me, am I wrong? about this do they need to address it do they need to make it easier do they need to bump up the rewards for turning in uh different things to hunter's call am i being too pushy in saying that there needs to be longer grinds with the reputation since it's the only thing we have to 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 grind in the game once you hit athena's 10 and the reason the reason i'm leaning towards this um has a lot to do with what happened back in december uh when they they cut the commendations down to make sure that you know you could get the overachiever sales when those were being released and i was sailing with Kaiderath the other day and her and i kind of fell in the same in the same mindset that we realized that uh with the with the change that they put in with the the commendations that anyone who had over i think it was over 300 certain chests and skulls and chickens and stuff turned in that they that they would actually earn the overachiever sales and she had spent a long time and was having a competition with some of the other streamers regarding uh being able to hit that before hit hit the the original commendation numbers before each other and i i kind of wonder if this is something that is both detrimental to players players when they lower the numbers hurt the players that have the time to be able to grind it out or the people that don't mind having a longer grind but at the same time taking away the opportunity for people to be able to get it if they don't have the time to be able to play now let's just take this uh and put a pin in it and let's jump back to a little a, a little around a year ago when one of my major concerns with the game was time to play and being able to do 
and a certain amount of effective um, gameplay when you only have a certain amount of time. One of my biggest issues was it just took too long to stock up a ship to be able to get out there and get some sailing done and get get some rewards or some treasure and in a certain amount of time that didn't require a three hour play session. Um, so I'm, I'm very aware that having better rep gains for turn-ins for Hunter's Call is important to people who don't have time to be able to play the game all the time. I am one of those few people that can play just about every day if I want to for a few hours a day, and I'm okay with this long grind. And I want to know, am I wrong? Should I let this go and let people be able to earn the rewards faster? Or should this be something that is is a tough thing to do? You know, is this something that people should be working hard to earn and it should take a while? Or are there shortcuts that need to be implemented? What do you think? Let me know. All right, pirates, I went over the the five minute time frame that I was looking to to have that kind of hunter's call discussion in there as um, I am sounding the spoiler bell. And if you don't want to hear anything more about Tall Tales that involves spoilers, then now is the time to leave. Just pretend I just said Game of Thrones and you guys are freaking out because you missed the missed the finale and you don't want to hear any spoilers. Because I'm going to be talking spoilers. And if you don't want to hear about those in Tall Tales, then you should be gone by now. In fact, I, I don't want you to be here. I want you to be able to experience that for yourself spoiler-free. Unless you don't care about spoilers, in which case, chill. And if you've already done it, great. Let's get chatting. So I have really enjoyed Tall Tales. I think Tall Tales is definitely what I wanted from a first player, or not a first player, but a campaign experience in Sea of Thieves. Some of my favorites have seriously been uh, the fate of the Morning Star, being able to go and uh, um, exhume the body of the of the 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 uh, ferryman and take his lantern and see that he has a huge purpose with a lord that we still don't know who his lord is, but to to be able to um, follow the tale of the fate of the Morning Star, the Morning Star crew who is brutally murdered by Grey Morrow and his skeleton captains on Old Faithful Island, it's. It's insane to see what happened on that island and to trace what happened to that crew and find out that, you know, their souls were ripped from their bodies and buried in these chests. And once you go and free their souls, you go back to the ferryman and end up like saying hi to them. And you end up like, you know, letting them know or like finding their story and stuff. And you find the journals about this person who went to Old Faithful Island in search of ghosts and being able to find out, you know, like what the spirits of, of Old Faithful are. And that Old Faithful Island has had like ghosts on it for a, uh, such a long period of time. I love that story, walking around with that lantern, following footsteps, literally like some sort of uh, Pink Panther cartoon or some sort of like detective cartoon to try and follow the the trail and see where it leads it's it's it was exciting it was beautiful and this weekend i got to go out with uh kylia and drunken monkey uh cam bones uh from cf fashion wow brain come on 
I know it's late, but geez, give me a break here. So I had an awesome experience. I, I had so much fun playing with them. We got to go out and do uh, number nine. We got to do the the Shores of Gold um, tall tale and getting to sail out to uh, the Shores of Gold with people that hadn't done it when I had actually gotten to do it before was great because I didn't feel pressured to try and work out the puzzles. And they worked out the puzzles uh, so quickly it was it was absolutely amazing to see just how quick they were putting the piece and this stuff together and it, it was it was a great experience with four people to be able to jump in there and then work through it and some of my favorite parts i kid you not seriously the belly of gold is by far the coolest thing i have played in sea of thieves to date i love the 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 kind of like dungeon goonies run that is the belly of gold and if if you've if you've done it you know exactly what i'm talking about because being able to go through there and fight your way through the traps to kill skeleton captains while people try to raise this door through an anchor capstan is amazing only to to find yourself in a, a huge cavernous area where you're literally having to do beam to beam jumping and to have people <laughs> one of my jokes seriously when people fall on the beam in that room and they just plummet to their death looking at it from a certain perspective it seriously looks like a 2d game and it's hilarious because i i grab my phone and i look up mario death sounds the little um let me see if i can actually find it for you but th to to be able to um, to be able to see people of different skill levels work their way through the, the belly of gold has just been amazing. And I've really, I've really just loved uh, just, just how much work they put into the, the actual, um, the actual like depths and, and traps that they've worked on. And I love that there's one little bit that I love about the, each one. Every time you make it through a different leg, of the belly of gold um there's a there's a bell <laughs> that is at the end and i kid you not it is literally like you could tell the team had been working on this so long and whoever managed to get this uh get through it first got to ring the bell and that's such like a like a, a a kick of sand in the face of the person that's been having a hard time with it because you're like, yeah, I got it. I was there first. But every time the next person made it through, they got to ring the bell. And then you were happy because they got to do it. And you could cheer them on and be like, yes, nice. We get to kind of advance to the next part. Um, so there's one part where you have to go from beam to beam to beam to beam. And I love it because I always get to play uh, this sound effect whenever I, I see someone jumping off. It's it's hilarious um, to, to see them fall down because every time I see it happen, this is what I imagine. And because of that, I think it's great. I don't even know. I, I'm just going to put it, play it again because it cracks me up every time I hear it. But <laughs> they're running, they hit the beam, and then... It's great. I love it. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that. Um, and then to, to, so you're, so you're fighting your way through all these different tunnels and then you, then you come to the final part 
and the final part everyone has to work to push the 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 capstan around to lower the bridge and once you lower the bridge you look into the next room and you see Rathbone the gold hoarder sitting on his throne like a king surrounded by piles of gold in this giant room and it's the the music swells and the anxiety kicks up and the adrenaline's pumping and you're like it's time i'm ready let's do this and you just keep you start going at it man and those fights like all the skeleton battles are really good but it's so cool to have this boss fight in this in this game and to to play with kylia to play with drunken monkey and cam bones to to be able to like oh god i had so much fun tonight if if you've been following me at all you know that i've been having a lot of fun and have recently been bitten by uh warcraft again like they recently put out the beta for for classic and i couldn't be more excited because i miss those grindy days and the the keel hall discord feels like the guild that i always wanted it feels like the group of friends that i had back when the game first came out back in the early 2000s and i had people that i didn't know that helped me and watched me grow as a player and watched me learn as a gamer and and to to experience different things in the game and the keelhaul discord has kind of been that for me um you know, I, I started the Keelhaul Discord as just kind of a, a place to talk about Sea of Thieves and a place for people if they wanted to come talk about the podcast and stuff. And since it's grown over the last year, it has literally turned into uh, the, the guild, the group of people that I love spending time with. And not everyone that I play with is in the, in the Discord because a lot of people have their own Discords and their own communities within the Sea of Thieves community. But... I love mine to death and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, and to, to be able to experience the gold hoarder with keelhaul members has just been beautiful. I love playing games with other people that I have like similar memories of like, I've never met them before Sea of Thieves, but being able to make jokes about more dots, more dots, I need more dots, or, you know, uh, uh, switch to the ads, switch to the ads, get the ads down and then get back to the boss. And then people being being like, I need more healing potions, I need more heals. And then other people saying, well, you should have come prepared. Why? Are, where are your flasks? And they're like, I couldn't afford flasks. Get them out of the guild bank. Stuff like that is is you it's it's so rare that you get moments like that and i've been so so blessed just to be able to have those with uh a lot of the people in the discord so i, I this is kind of turning into a love letter to the to the discord community but they mean so much to me um as as much as as you listening to this right now mean to me and a lot of you reach out to me and i don't get an opportunity to respond um and a lot of you reach out to me and we get a chance to sail and i just i, I want to let you all know that this the 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 tall tales if anything tall tales has been great for me because i've been able to have experiences beyond curse sails beyond skeleton forts uh, or dying to volcanoes and have these moments where you can work out puzzles with people and 
help their progress or have their progress help you and still get rewarded for it beyond just the the enjoyment of being together and that's so precious to me um and i and i can't wait for what's coming down the line i can't wait to see what rare has in store for the next set of tall tales hopefully sooner than later but i'm willing to wait because uh i want it to be good and i have no doubts that it will be i I have no doubts that it'll be even better than what we have right now and i hope we get a chance to see some hints at that at e3 um that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, if, if you're still listening and you made it through the spoilers, thank you. I love you. If you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do it. The first way, the best way is probably on Twitter, to be honest. That's where I get to spend a lot of my time communicating with the rest of the Sea of Thieves community that I talk with at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. If you want to reach me by email, a lot of people do, and and I appreciate every single one of them that remembers to take the time to write me a story, even if it's for a past episode. I'm looking at you, Kylia and Chenzo. If you're listening to this and it's in the future and you have a thought, I still want to hear from you, even if it's been a couple weeks since you listened to since the episode came out. It's valuable to me. It it means a lot. It really does. Uh, C a p t l o g u n at gmail dot com. Please write into me. I love hearing from you. I love hearing your stories. I really do. Um, if you want to get a hold of me in game, you can always message me through Xbox. And whenever Xbox decides to push it to me, I try to get a response out to you. Uh, my gamer tag is C A P T A I N L O G U N. Um, the other way to get a hold of me, the best way besides that, is going to be Discord. Uh, join the Discord. It's a great program. It's free to use. It's a great community. Lots of people jump in. Some people leave. Some people join. It's fluid. There's no pressure. There's no roles. It's just all of us being pirates, helping each other out, and enjoying Sea of Thieves as well as many other games. I'm starting to build out more channels in there so that people have the opportunity to uh play games when or play other games and talk with other games uh other gamers about stuff that they've been enjoying as well too um there's been some conversation in the playstation channel recently about bloodborne um i'm going to be starting up some world of warcraft stuff so if you listen to this and you like world of warcraft then i'm going to be looking to build out a couple channels for people that want to try out classic or just want to jump back in and resub for the uh for the thrall stuff uh that just recently got put out i'm i'm always going to have that that blizzard blood in me um that'll never change but i i know a lot of people feel the same and tend to jump in and out from time to time and if you're in the discord and you love sea of thieves and you want to jump into to world of warcraft i'm going to be building that out as well too just so we have a good place to utilize the amount of people that are in there that probably enjoy playing as well pirates that's going to do it for this episode thank you i love you i know i said this was going to be a shorter episode it still ended up being an hour holy crap i have to go i have to let you get back to your day but thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves